0: interrogate an ancient object, a sword, a quilt, or perhaps an Islamic water clock. We were museum people, scholars, priests, repairers, sandpaperers, scientists, plumbers, mechanics, train spotters, really, with narrow specialties in metals and glass and textiles and ceramics. We were of all sorts, we insisted, even while we were secretly confident that the stereotypes held true. A horologist, for instance, could never be a young woman with good legs, but a slightly nerdy man of less than five foot six, cautious, a little strange, with fine blonde hair and some difficulty in looking you in the eye. You might see him scurrying like a mouse through the ground floor galleries with his ever-present jangling keys, looking as if he was the keeper of the mysteries. In fact, no one in the Swinburne knew any more than a part of the labyrinth. We had reduced our territories to rat runs, the routes we knew would always take us where we wanted to go. This made it an extraordinarily easy place to live a secret life, and to enjoy the perverse pleasure that such a life can give. In death, it was a total horror. That is, the same, but brighter, more in focus. Everything was both crisper and further away. How had he died? How could he die? I rushed back to my studio and googled Matthew Tyndall, but there was no news of any accident. However, my inbox had an email which lifted my heart, until I realized he had sent it at 4 p.m. the day before. I kiss your toes. I marked it unread. There was no one I dared turn to. I thought, I will work. It was what I had always done in crisis. It is what clocks were good for their intricacy, their peculiar puzzles. I sat at the bench in the workroom trying to resolve an exceedingly whimsical eighteenth-century French clock. My tools lay on a soft gray chamois. Twenty minutes previously, I had liked this French clock, but now it seemed vain and preening. I buried my nose inside Matthew's hat. Snuffle, we would have said. I snuffle you. I snuffle your neck. I could have gone to Sandra, the line manager. She was always a very kind woman, but I couldn't bear anyone, not even Sandra, handling my private business, putting it out on the table and pushing it around like so many broken necklace beads. Hello, Sandra. What happened to Mr. Tyndall, do you know? My German grandfather and my very English father were clockmakers, Nothing too spectacular. First Clerkenwell, then the city, then Clerkenwell again. Mostly good, solid English five-wheel clocks. But it was an item of faith for me, even as a little girl, that this was a very soothing, satisfying occupation. For years I thought clockmaking must still any turmoil in one's breast. I was so confident of my opinion, so completely wrong. The tea lady provided her depressive offering. I observed the anticlockwise motion of the slightly curdled milk, just waiting for him, I suppose. So when a hand did touch me, my whole body became unstitched. It felt like Matthew. But Matthew was dead. And in his place was Eric Croft, the head curator of horology, I began to howl and could not stop. He was the worst possible witness in the world. Crafty Crofty was, to put it very crudely, the master of all that ticked and talked. He was a scholar, a historian, a connoisseur. I, in comparison, was a well-educated mechanic. Crofty was famous for his scholarly work on sing-songs, by which is meant those perfect imperial misunderstandings of Oriental culture we so successfully exported to China.